Hey everyone, and welcome back to Video Game Postscripts. Today on the docket we've got Satellite Rain from 2015 and the movie Sneakers from 1992. I know, I know, it's meant to be a video game podcast. Didn't know you could introduce movies, but guess what? When you're an independent production going from your bedroom, you can actually do whatever you want. In a related note, there is actually a through line between these two pieces of media that we're going to get to, and it's kind of random and a bit of a tangent, but I just thought it up when I was falling asleep and haven't been able to stop thinking about it, so guess what? You're going to hear about it. Anyway, we're going to start with the game Satellite Rain. But, let's start with the game Satellite Rain from 2015. Now, Satellite Rain is a spiritual successor to a game from the early 90s called Syndicate and its sequel, specifically Syndicate Wars. Now, to understand what it is about a spiritual successor and why it's getting made in the mid-2010s when it's a game from the 90s, we do have a little bit of a history lesson, but I promise it'll be super quick. So, in the early to mid-90s, there's a very, very important video game released called XCOM UFO Defense. Uh, I think it's called Other Things in Other Regions, but it's the original XCOM game. It's a turn-based squad management and base management game where you repel an alien invasion. Um, it's very popular, it's very influential, people love the freedom in the tactics and the base management, and it spawns a couple sequels, I think maybe three sequels after it, before kind of petering off towards the end of the 90s, slash, I think, Maybe the last sequel was actually the year 2000. Around the same period, the original Syndicate game is released. Now, the original Syndicate game is a squad-based tactics game and not really base management, but like there is an overworld where you can do some like research and some management of your troops. But instead of being we're trying to repel an alien invasion, it's a cyberpunk setting where you're working for a corporation and you're running around doing a corporate bidding. Now, because XCOM and Syndicate were both games in a sort of similar genre that came out at a sort of similar time, they've kind of always been linked. Like, Syndicate wasn't as popular, it wasn't as like influential, it didn't break as many barriers, but there were a lot of people who were like, oh, if you like the original XCOM, you like Syndicate. Even though they're quite different games, because XCOM is a turn-based game with like a lot of like tactical depth there, Whereas Syndicate is real-time, so you just have a squad of four and you're running them around. It's like a really small-scale RTS. If you can imagine a really small-scale RTS, you've got the original Syndicate. But because they were similar enough, they've always been linked together. Syndicate from the early 90s also got, I think, one or two, maybe even three sequels. But again, their sequels petered out by the late 90s. So that's the 90s versions of these games. You've got... XCOM, very seminal, important squad-based tactics game, and you've got Syndicate, which is like, not as well known, not as well liked, but is always thought of as a, being in the same space. Well then, what happens next? I think if you're listening to a video game podcast this niche, you know what happens next, but we'll just cover it anyway. In 2012, XCOM gets a reboot by Firaxis Games. XCOM Enemy Unknown. And it is huge, like it goes off. Like if the original XCOM was very important to PC gaming and the kind of niche tactics space management crowd, the XCOM reboot like made it all the way to consoles and it was like a very general 
big hit for all audiences and in fact brought in a lot of people who wouldn't normally play or tactics games and kind of simplified the interface a bit and made it more readable and more accessible while still retaining what made it interesting. So it's fucking huge. Like the reboot of XCOM was big. It got an uh, expansion pack and then it got a sequel, which was also big. And then it's got a spin-off where it's just like your cops in a city. Doesn't matter. The point is the original XCOM reboot went off. So of course, the companies that work in this space were like, well, that reboot really worked. Are there any other reboots that other people might be into? Like XCOM's blazed the trail. What other reboots can we find? So they go back and they have a look and what game was sort of linked and sort of similar to XCOM in the early 90s to mid 90s that was that could be remade? Syndicate. So in 2015, excuse me, in 2012, they remake Syndicate. Thing is, the XCOM reboot is still in the same genre as the original game. Like it's still a base management and squad tactics game. So it appealed to the old heads who liked the original XCOM, all done up for a new generation, as well as appealing to a new audience. Syndicate reboot in 2012 took a management slash real-time squad tactics game and made it into a first-person shooter. Now, if you weren't in the first-person shooter business market appreciation society in 2012, this was a particularly blotted and busy time. Like you got your cards, you got your battlefields, you got everything being made into a shooter. Um, so even though the Syndicate reboot in 2012 is a pretty good shooter. It's also kind of like an edgy remake with like dubstep in the trailer and it's a really oppressive cyberpunk setting and it's R-rated. So the Syndicate reboot in 2012 is a decent shooter. The gunplay feels great. It's actually good to play. The powers are interesting. However, it wasn't as well received as XCOM reboot because it was coming out into a more clotted market and it kind of pissed off the old heads who liked the original Syndicate and its sequels. And we're like, we want to, what, we want to score a real-based tactics game and they've given us just another shooter with dubstep and edgy wannabe writing and all the rest. So, Syndicate Reboot in 2012, though a good first-person shooter, doesn't get the reception that people want. So, now we've had the history lesson, we can get to the spiritual successes of Syndicate. So, the Syndicate Reboot, it's a totally different genre, people don't like it, but people still have a hankering for a remake along the lines of the original Syndicate game, where you're just running around in this cyberpunk setting, working for a corporation, and you've got massively evil powers, like you can hijack people's brains, you can turn invisible, and all the rest. So what do they do? They make the game they want to see. And I'm just going to read a direct quote from the start of the Wikipedia page for Satellite Rain from 2015, because I think it sums it up. After the release of the Syndicate reboot in 2012, the Syndicate Wars, which was a sequel to the original Syndicate back in the 90s, producer and lead programmer Mike Diskett expressed his displeasure over the game's lack of similarity to previous entries in the series. A lot of Syndicate fans, including myself, got our hopes up when we heard a new Syndicate game was in development, but in the end it turned out to be nothing like the original games. This encouraged him to create the Brisbane-based, that's right here in Australia, Five Live Studios. And the Five Live Studios go on to make Satellite Rain in 2015, which is, now that we've got to this point, the game we're actually going to be talking about right now. All right. Thank you for sticking with me through that borderline schizophrenic ramble through patterns that may not exist and the ruminations of society that just keeps returning to the same subjects. 
I promise the next podcast we're going to be back on much firmer, even-handed video game ground, and we're going to be looking at the Brothers in Arms series of tactical shooters, uh, why the first two really worked, even though they're like first considered a point of corny, and then why they sort of lost their way and lost the original creative vision that really drove the first two Brothers in Arms games to be great, and then sequels to be not so great. Um, I promise not to go into any rambles about Randy Pitchford and Gearbox Software and why they're sort of duds, but we're just going to be focusing on Brothers in Arms. As always, thanks for joining me. Catch you next time. So now that we know where the game Satellite Rain from 2015 is located in the gaming history spectrum, let's talk about it. Why are we talking about it here? Because I think it's a bit of a, I'm not going to say gem, because it's kind of flawed and it's kind of an overused term, but it's a decent indie game from an Australian-based studio that probably didn't get the love it deserved on release and kind of still holds up even though it's not going to, like, you know, light your world on fire. Anyway. Satellite Rain is a cyberpunk quad real-time tactics game. So it's a pretty typical cyberpunk setting. You're just in this generic city. Everything's neon. It's always raining. One corporation runs everything. Um, the MacGuffin in this particular setting is that this corporation has the power to resurrect people. So you can save your brain onto a chip. And when you die, they can take the chip, put it into a new body. So you can technically live forever. If you've seen Altered Carbon, it's the same thing. So if you're rich and you can afford to use the technology, you get to live forever. And if you're poor, you end up having to sell your body to eventually be used by a rich person to put their consciousness into. Um, quite an interesting idea for a setting. Like I said, Altered Carbon's a good series if you want to cover it. Kind of been done before, but it's always interesting. But the game doesn't really get too much into it. Like, it, it is the setting and it explains why your little agents or your little troops that you control can constantly respawn. And there's some game mechanics tied into it, but we're not doing a deep exploration here. So, that's the setting for Satellite Rain. The actual gameplay is like an isometric squad tactics game where you've got a squad of four people who have four classes and you just run around the city, sneaking into places and shooting people and blowing things up and using cool abilities. And yeah, that's essentially it. It's kind of a sandbox game. There's like a let you loose in the city. Like, here's a list of targets. You can approach them any way you want. Um, the get, and then you go through the targets using the abilities of your four agents to achieve the objective in any way you see fit. So that's the good part, that the freedom of the city is great. You've got four agents running around in real time. You can do whatever you want. You can shoot things. You can like, hack things. You can turn invisible. You can hijack people's brains and walk them around places or clone their bodies to get abilities. It's like kind of, you know, some good dystopian fun. Um, the weaknesses of the game would be that the balance is kind of busted. Like there's a stealth kill that you get at the very start of the game that kills everyone if you can do it stealthily throughout the entire game. Um, there's four classes, soldier, support, infiltrator, and hacker. And the support class is kind of useless. Like these abilities aren't nearly as good as all the other classes. Hacker in a cyberpunk game is incredible. He can hack people, he can hack drones, he can hack buildings, he can hack turrets, he can hack doors. And the support guy is just kind of like, well, I can give you a 2% buff to your abilities. But anyway, all in all, Satellite Rain, decent game, kind of unbalanced, not world-breaking, but definitely worth a look-in if you're interested in that sort of genre of game. Now, originally, that was sort of just going to be the podcast. I was just going to tell you about this fun little game from this like Australian developer 
and not enough people played it and you should check it out and I was going to go more into the balance and the visuals and yada 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 more of traditional game review but you have the internet unlike the game we covered last podcast this one's still available you can go check it out for yourself instead I'm going to talk about the weird way and I'm pretty sure this is just in my head that the game Satellite Rain from 2015 has a thematic through line to the movie Sneakers from 1992 Okay, so this might just be a me thing, and I know that's like a bit of a bit of a leap, but just try to let me land this plane real quick. So, Sneakers is a movie from 1992 in the genre that's called um, what do they call it? They call it not tech thrillers. Is it tech thrillers? Essentially, it's a thriller made in the mid to late 90s where technology is just emerging, and the main elements of the plot, the main MacGuffins, are focused on like computers man so yeah we'll just call them tech thrillers i think there's a better term but that's what they are in the movie sneakers the main character is robert redford who's like i mean if you're into movies you know him he's like this old heartthrob it's not also not so work and he has a small group of agents that use their technical expertise like hacking and i think it's called freaking like freaking p-h-r-e-a-k-i-n-g which is like this old 90s thing where you could like hack into the telephone system and spoof people and yada yada yada. Don't worry about it. Point is, he's got a small group of agents that he uses to pretend to attack major institutions so we can identify gaps in their security. So, that's the odd through line number one. Sneakers, a small group of agents who like work for a corporation. Satellite Rain, you've got a small group of agents, you work for a corporation, but like, you know, you blow things up and have guns instead. Through line number one is not that interesting. It's kind of a stretch. Wait for through line number two. All right, so through line number two is the villain in the movie Sneakers from 1992 has the exact same approach to systemic oppression as you do as the player in Satellite Rain from 2015. All right, I know that's a bit of a stretch, but and I'm not saying it was on purpose or it's an homage. I just think it's very interesting to ex- that these two pieces of media have examined the same theme and come to a similar sort of conclusion almost, let me do the quick math here, 23 years apart. So let me explain what I mean by their approach to systemic oppression is the same. The movie Sneakers begins with Robert Redford as a grad student so, you know, he's a graduate student. I think it's in the 80s, could even be 70s. Let's say 80s based on the technology. And he's hanging out with his best mate, who's played by Ben Kingsley, who's another big name actor. Google him if you want. What Robert Redford and Ben Kingsley, as grad students, are doing is they're using telephone lines to hack into the bank accounts of Republican senators and making those senators give donations to political parties like the Black Panther Party. So very left-leaning political parties. So young Robert Redford, young Ben Kingsley, they see that systemic oppression is a problem and they want to help people. And their solution is we're going to hack in and give money away. Right at the start of the movie, they're busted. So the young men, they get busted by the police. Robert Redford escapes to Canada. Ben Kingsley goes to jail. The movie then jumps forward. I think it's 20 years, maybe 25. Point is, they're both old, older men in their 40s now. Maybe 50s. Let's say 40s. Robert Redford aged well. So, we jump forward, and essentially the plot of the movie is they both 
still think systemic oppression is a problem and want to help people, but they've gone about it two very different ways. Robert Redford, as a character, has sort of adopted a crew of misfits. So you've got people kicked out of school, you've got the guy from... And that's not the guy from Lethal Weapon. We've got Sidney Portis playing a guy who was kicked out of the CIA. We've got a conspiracy theory nutter back in the 90s and was like, you know, harmless conspiracy theories and not like mainstream ones that are harmful now. You've got, you know, a guy who's blind. You've got a guy who's, I mean, coded as autistic. So his response to systemic oppression is he still has the ideas of his youth, but what he wants to do is... Just focus on the helping people part so he's assembled his crew of misfit and he comes and keeps him in the job and is like looking out for them throughout the plot of the film we run into the adult version of ben kingsley his mate who was arrested when they were grad students he has kind of been adopted by the mafia and is now like their lead hacker slash securing all their financial data now what he wants to do is he wants to use the mcguffin of the movie to essentially erase the concept of money in its entirety like records of ownership credit card lines etc it's kind of like the plot of fight club but it's ben kinsley with a computer instead of you know brad pitt punching people but similar idea so his solution to systemic oppression is it doesn't matter how many people i have to hurt i have to destroy the system itself so less about helping people but it's sort of about helping people but he just wants to destroy the system and he doesn't care who gets hurt along the way and Robert Redford's gone away of, well, I'm just going to have to try to help people the best I can under the system as it is. The way that Ben Kingsley's character relates back to Satellite Rain is, in Satellite Rain, you play the commander of this group of agents who have to smash the system by any means necessary. So Ben Kingsley wants to erase all concept of money. You're going to like hack people's brains and crash satellites and get rid of resurrection technology so that nobody can live forever. And through whatever means possible, you're going to destroy the system. So it's just interesting to me, essentially, after all that wobbling on, that 23 years apart, we're still examining the same problems of systemic oppression under capitalism and kind of coming to like, well, there's only like two or three approaches and there hasn't really been any progression. It's kind of, it's just wild to me. I was just watching this movie and playing Satellite Rain at the same time and I'm like, huh. It's weird that Ben Kingsley's character from this 1992 techno thriller could also be the main play character in Satellite Rain from 2015. Isn't that odd? And it is a bit odd. And now you've listened to a podcast about it. So enjoy that.